you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast Championship Week. James Coe here with you. It's a smaller than usual cast of characters. We've got the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. What's up? Uh, it's the same size. We're just not kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know. but we I got, was confused. I like, did, no, because I did we like don't, a count again real yes. quick. I was like, one, two. No, because we don't, we don't have the franchise on today's episode, and I'm sad. The Fiery Phoner has become like a cult classic. It's it's a great segment. Um, you know, he's he's taken it to another level. Absolutely. And the people have responded. They love it. They absolutely I mean the fact that he brings in his own fire uh, siren. You know, I mean, I think if, <laughs> if 2016 has taught us anything it's that people love some fiery <laughs> rhetoric. Whether it's true, false, or it about fantasy matter. football. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Ow. I like it. MG my get Marcus Grant what's going on? Oh, it's good. Uh it's weird. We're yeah. you, know, you you know this, James Ho. We're doing a fantasy live show on Saturday instead oh my of God. Sunday, which has thrown my week completely off. Absolutely, I hear that. I hundred percent hear that. I'm dreading it tomorrow. But okay. <laughs> uh, um, tomorrow. Wow, that is just it. Okay. Anyways, uh, first world problems. I'm 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 just I'm staggering here. Because I had to reset. I'm, I had to set a new alarm for <laughs> like a day that I normally don't have one. It's yeah. It's, I'm looking forward to waking up at four thirty a.m. on Saturday. It's good. Um, we got, I was going to call you the West Virginia's fine, but then there was a guy on Twitter who said you're from Georgetown now, which I just, I'm like, where did that narrative come from? That's in West Virginia. Oh boy. Dang. Oh, I thought, I thought, I'll say, I assumed it was the the neighborhood in uh, DC. (laughs) We're doing it. We're, we're going to NPR fantasy. Oh, please not. (laughs) Yes. James Coe. Yes. uh, Georgetown is an unincorporated (laughs) community in Marshall County, West Virginia, United States. Oh, is that what it is? It's located on County Route 250 slash 14 along the Pennsylvania Fork, Fish Creek near the Pennsylvania border. I thought he was Georgetown is also, uh, it it is a town in, uh, well, it's part of uh, Washington, D.C. It's a neighborhood in D.C. I see, I see. I I thought he was just saying that you were a former Hoya. 
which would just be uh, wholly incorrect. No, that is wrong. Wow, NPR fantasy. All right, here we go. We got a big time show in front of us here today. See how long I can keep this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not very much longer. Uh, the tight end apocalypse is fully upon us. We'll give you some tight end sleepers uh, going into your championship week. We do not have, as I mentioned, franchises fire owner. I'm very sad. We're going to do a little game scripting today, though. New York Jets at New England. How is that game going to go? There's some points to be had there. Where will those fantasy points go? San Diego at Cleveland, same situation. A lot of fantasy points to be had. Will it be a run-heavy approach? Will it be a pass-heavy approach for San Diego? Who's going to get in? Minnesota at Green Bay. We will talk extensively about Ty Montgomery, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams. How will that game script go? And finally, San Francisco at L.A. Is it return of Todd Gurley? Everyone's been running. On San Francisco. But Todd Gurley sucks. <laughs> True. <laughs> Will he can finally get off the schneid? Against Stay San tuned. Fr- Stay tuned on NPR Fantasy. Uh, we're, of course, going to do EDG as well every damn game. And we close out, as always, with your round of daily daps. But first, we start, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we'll start in Atlanta. Julio Jones taking off the injury report. He's going to play Saturday versus Carolina. He's missed the last two games with a toe injury. Look, obviously you're going to play Julio Jones. <laughs> There's just no question about it. But the question to me really becomes, what do you do with Peter Gabriel? I mean, the guy's been absolutely phenomenal. Six touchdowns in the last seven games. How about this? He is the wide receiver three the last four weeks. The wide receiver three. Mm-mm. He's got more fantasy points than Antonio Brown. Alex Gelhar will ask you, what do you do with Taylor Peter Gabriel? I think it's it's going to be hard to sit him given his ceiling. I mean, if you have the space and you can play him in your flex, I think it's it's worth chasing it there. Unless you're going to you're going to you know if you're going to try and put in somebody who's going to give you the safer floor, I'd I'd rather go down swinging with a guy like Gabriel. They've been manufacturing touches for him for weeks in you know valuable areas, so I'd be I'd be comfortable still starting him even if Julio Jones is there because then Julio Jones will probably draw James Bradbury. I'd assume. Uh, does he shadow Harmon or not really? He kind of stays to his one side, doesn't he? Yeah, it's, he's mostly been at left cornerback. Like, I can't do the NPR thing anymore. I'm I was, I was like, <laughs> kind of why I wanted to toss it to you too. I, was like, I, I could have done. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, normally, oh man, he stays on one side. Oh so boy, we can uh, expect that to continue. But this game should figure to be a high scoring, <laughs> high scoring battle, and I'd totally be fine playing Gabriel. MG, you throwing him in the flex? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen that you know, with Julio, without Julio, they're still finding ways to get him the ball. The crazy thing is he's been super efficient with minimal number of touches. It's I, not but, like he's getting that's a what, ton of But targets. that's what worries me, though. Is yeah. If he doesn't hit the home run, what happens? He gives you nothing. Yeah. Um, that's the case with a lot of players. Right, so that's right a now, risk with a lot of guys. At this point. I mean, you know, I know, I know we're going to talk about tight ends. I mean, that's been the case with just about every tight end. That's true. But, I mean, when we're talking about flex positions, I mean, there's so many options. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, this is kind of like what are you waiting, you know, what do you have to lose sort of thing besides the championship other than that? I bet you, I bet you somebody's going to have this conundrum of do they play Jeremy Hill or Taylor Gabriel? 
I think it just depends on what your lineup needs, you know, and, and you you guys, if you've made it this far in fantasy, you ought to be smart enough to figure that out. There you go. You All know. right, let's go to Indianapolis. Colts head coach Chuck Pagano says he fully expects Dante Moncrief. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. He's going to play week 16 versus the Raiders. I think he's got a super high ceiling. It's supposed to be the highest scoring game of the weekend, but just those hamstrings are so tricky. Dante Moncrief, through his short career, has shown himself to be Ah, gosh, I hate to use that ta- that that label, but he's been a, a bit injury prone, and I just think the ceiling is great, and the floor is pretty risky too. The hamstring can easily be re-injured, but I, I just don't. There's just no way you could sit him against the Raiders. I just don't see it. Um, I, I, I I think I, I could. I could. Tell me why. I could. How is that? He's what? been so touchdown dependent the last few weeks. This no, is going to be a high scoring and game. He's, man. Yeah, but still, you're banking on him getting a red zone look then because he's not going to score from distance. That's going to be Hilton or Dorsett. Ugh. And they've got their, <laughs> they've, they've got a million and one tight ends and, and Trent Gore. So I feel like I don't know that his ceiling is high if he gets those red zone scores, but if they're they're popping off long touchdowns to T.Y. Hilton, he's going to – I mean, why, why do they have to introduce Eric Swoop into the mix? Hey, he's a former basketball player. Why do they got to do that to us? I, just, I mean, I just, just told get... you why. <laughs> because he used to play basketball. Play basketball. Oh, okay, buddy. got it. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, got it. All right. Perfect. I actually think the floor is better for Moncrief because of that red zone work than it. The, he then he really has a ceiling. Like he hasn't had more than sixty yards since week one. Mm. But I mean, now. let's say let's say he has like a, a sixty yard two touchdown performance. That's not that's not out of the realm. It's not out of the it's not out of the range of uh, outcomes at all. Which is a great game. Great it is outcomes. Range of outcomes. Range of outcomes. All right, there you go. Uh, in Cincinnati, dude, your NPR thing has got me tripping right now. I'm not even doing it. <laughs> I know. I know you're not. But it's, Are you just ready for it to like come back? I, Please it's, don't. High alert. It's it's some of that. It, it it threw off my energy off the top of the show. And plus, we're in like this half-lit podcast studio right you, now. You came in. We can with turn on the other lights. Where are the other lights? They're on that computer over They're there on in that the computer? corner. Somebody just oh, go hit the fantasy no, button. Pass. Uh, okay. yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. hard, I, I hard, suggest hard to all of them to move, and they look at the distance. Yeah. People listening, it's legitimately like three feet away from Marcus, and he Why gave it a take he gave the headphones off. Hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. Oh, wow. I mean, AJ Green in Cincinnati says he's healthy enough to rock and roll Saturday versus Houston. Are you rolling them out championship week, Harmon? What a show off. Gelhard just gets up, yeah, comes in the in. other side of the room. Yep, he's, he's never going to. Oh, oh, we got lights, baby. You know, honestly, he's now, never it's, now, it's too, it. now it's a little too bright. No, it's really not. Oh, wait a second. Hold, no, actually, this is kind of a cool lighting. No, we'll, we'll never cool. hear the end of this now because he actually walked in a different room to turn on the lights. This is good. This is good radio. I was talking about the lightings. <laughs> Uh, if I have AJ Green on yes. my team, I'm playing him though. I mean, th- just I think that Dalton has been so much more effective as a deep passer. I mean, statistically, he has uh, he has a hundred quarterback rating on uh, passes that travel twenty or more yards in the air with AJ Green, and he has a seventy-seven point four quarterback rating uh, without AJ Green on those sort of deep passes. So I think that the upside for Green is still there. Those are, by the way, those are amazingly high numbers. I know it's interesting. I mean, he's he's been very effective because Green is really good at football. Wow. It's also that little thing of Tyler Eifert not being available this week. Yeah, see, that that is because I was actually going to write up uh, Andy Dalton as a play for the DFS roundup today, but no, then like no Eifert. Eifert being out kind of gave me a little bit of pause and I decided to yank him out of there. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he has a pretty good game. I just... I, if AJ Green's out there, I'm I'm gonna play him, but I think he's riskier than Julio Jones is. Oh my gosh, AJ Green scares the bejesus out of me, mostly because he needs what 36 yards to get to 1K, 
uh, and it would be six consecutive seasons to start his career with 1,000 yards, tying Randy Moss. I just want, if he gets that in the first half, I honestly wonder what the motivation is to come out in the second half. I don't know. So then does he shut down week 17 then too? I would I would be not that surprised if he said, you know what, I can't go. That is really weird though to just come out and get 36 yards and be like, peace. I know Steve Smith joked about, or I don't know, you know, who knows if he's joking or not. Apparently he was because <laughs> he, he didn't do it, but he said like, I only need, you know, 300 something yards to get 1,000 for a career and like I might just do that and then ride off. Into something. Obviously he didn't do that. Like, I don't know. I think that yeah, players, if they're going to play, they're going to play. All right, there you go. Uh, Adrian Peterson ruled out this week. Uh, against Green Bay, he didn't practice at all. He rushed six times for 22 yards versus Indianapolis. He's already been ruled out. Yeah, I know. Adrian Peterson, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> Get <yeah>. out of here. <laughs> so just in case you were you know, freaking out over what to do about it, your decision's been made for you. I, I mean, it's amazing how many people were trusting Adrian Peterson. I mean, how many people do you know that really were, though? On, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm in a 12-team league. Very competitive. Very competitive. And the guy that I was going up against had Adrian Peterson in his starting lineup I as mean, an RB two. I'm like, on, no, on the, don't do that. On well, the one, I'll do that hand, against me. But I mean, on the one generally. hand, I get it because I think all the people, the the very small handful of people that were kind of advocating for it, the argument, which I think is faulty, but the argument is, well, he's Adrian Peterson, and look at what he's done other times. He's come back from injury, and he just looks, you know, and like. It had nothing to do with what we had seen from him on the field and everything to do with the name on the back of his jersey. And so I think that is what has led to some confusion and, and some frustration for a lot of people is, well, what happens if I sit him and he has one of those crazy Adrian Peterson games? But, folks, it's been a while since we've seen him have one of those crazy Adrian Peterson games. Oh, it's been ridiculous. Uh, I will say this. I, I, I think that Jarek McKinnon is actually a playable asset in PPR formats. He's been double digits last four weeks. He's been averaging 14 points per game. Uh, over those last four weeks in PPR formats. In I standard formats, eh, not so much. That was a surprising nugget, James. You had that in news and notes, too, and I went to double-check it because I, like, I was like, what? It's no way. I know. But he has. He snuck it in there with his handful of catches in like it's 50 weird. yards. He had nine catches on nine targets last week. And all of it came at the end of the game, too, yeah. by the way. He put well, that should that should be the script that they're in this week <laughs> when they get smoked by Green Bay. My gosh, uh, you know what? We're going to talk about this game. Yeah, we'll get to it. I Let's... don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, Matt Forte, he's got a knee and shoulder issue. He didn't practice this week. He's a game-time decision against New England on the road. MG, what you doing about Bilal Powell? I'm worried about Bilal Powell. I, really? Most, what? Well, mostly because I feel like this is a game where the Pats run off and hide real quick, and then suddenly it's Bryce Petty slinging it 50 times. To Powell. He, he slung had, it he to Powell. catches last week. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm concerned about mm. Powell. I, I, look, I'm in a situation where I think I might have to play him because I'm I'm looking at, in one of my championships, a you know, Bilal Powell v. Tim Hightower situation, so I will probably oh, have to play Powell him. for days. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. I worry about it. They may just start slinging it to, like, Robbie Anderson and Sharon Peak and guys down the field like that. I think he's got a great floor. I do, too. I'm like That's I'm true. more. I'm on the opposite side. I'm, like, upset if I didn't get him in other leagues and can't play him huh. like, in championships. Okay. I'm like, man, I wish I would have won Bilal Powell this week. I mean, on the road against New England? He's going to get carries to start the game, and he's going to get catches if they get behind. He's going he's gonna to get touches. Like, he's yeah. he's a guy – I think he's had, like, 30 – 30 and a half touches the last The last two weeks. two weeks, yeah. As basically the featured back, he's had over 30 touches the last two weeks. That's a ton Even if the work. game script goes negative, which I guess we're teasing to get to that again, Powell's, Powell's a huge play this week for me. All right, there you go. Uh, Greg Olson, elbow injury, didn't practice Thursday, but he is expected to play. Ron Rivera said he's very confident. He said, quote, no doubt. 
that Greg Olson will play. Melvin Gordon, hip knee, uh, did not practice this week. He was ruled out. He was ruled out uh, for the game Saturday against Cleveland. All right, let's talk about the tight end apocalypse. Ladarius Green concussion. He looks extremely unlikely to play. Jesse James told reporters he's actually expecting himself, Jesse James, to start. Jordan Reed's shoulder didn't mm. practice all week. He sounds doubtful. Tyler Eifert, back. He's been ruled out with a back injury going against the Texans. The people out there. Ladarius Green, Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, all out. That's I mean, ugly. it's great. And then you look at you look at the waiver wire. It's like, oh, Gronk is on the IR. Um, uh, Jordan Cameron is on the IR. Gary Barnage hasn't done anything. I mean, tight end is an absolute disaster. I want you guys to give the people some hope. Give the people a tight end sleeper you feel not great about, because let's be honest, uh, there's no great plays out there, but somebody that you feel okay with. Maybe that you said, okay, either has a, 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 high, a high ceiling or maybe he's got a high floor. Who do you guys like? We'll start with you, MG. Uh, I'm looking at uh, C.J. Fagotowitz. Okay. Um, <laughs> now that he's back, you know, it looks like he's going to be back out of the concussion protocol, should yeah. play. Um, the Bengals have done a fairly good job of locking down receivers on the outside, but the middle of the field has kind of been open, and now especially I think what Vontez Perfect, I believe, is out this week. So um, maybe that helps a lot. Uh, you know, I don't know what kind of rapport he has with Tom Savage. Uh, but I, I still think he sees a lot of targets in the middle of the field. And if for whatever reason you know, Fedorowicz doesn't play, then I think Ryan Griffin slides right into that same spot. Mm. All right. How about it, Matt Harmon? Okay, actually, can, can I ask you a question, Marcus, before sure. you go on to me about, about CJ? The one th- worry I have with him is, like, Savage did say, I'm going to go out and rip it. Which is like the exact opposite, opposite of throwing of the what, tight end. Yeah. Yes. And what Brock Osweiler did was he just stuck in that like kind of middle square of the field. Didn't go outside, <laughs> didn't go outside the numbers. Does that worry you at all with, with Fagotowitz? I mean, a little bit, but I do think at some point Tom Savage wants this job too, and so like if ripping it doesn't work and he starts throwing picks, maybe he reins it in at least a little bit. Like I, I do think he's going to try to get it to Nuke because he's not dumb. Yeah, um, smart move. But he also wants to move the ball down the field and generate points, and some of that means making some safe throws occasionally. I think cool. Braxton Miller is an interesting play this week, too. What? Yeah, I know. That's weird. Uh, what? Backup. What did you. Is this, I know. Is this why you came in a little late today? Were you. Are uh, you drunk? I you, am. Did you tie one off? No, let me, let me What's in that protein um, shake, Joe? I, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me stop you. Let me, let me tell you one reason why he's not a good play this weekend. Is he out? He's on injured reserve. Oh, just. <laughs> so. I'm just go, I'm I going. To, with I had to, to check. I was like, like, this seems wrong. I was yeah. going with the. I'm going with the backup quarterback, backup wide receiver. Combo. Right. No, I just, I just, I, I knew that there was a converted Ohio State quarterback that was put on IR, and I had to double check. It to wasn't make sure. Sherelle Priors. Right. Can we, so can we clip this <laughs> off. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Matt Harmon. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. There's uh, a give me a tight end sleeper. There's a couple. There's a few that I actually really like. If you're desperate, the number one being Jared Cook. Uh, though I don't think he's like available. In a, in a lot of leagues, yeah, that's true. But I would say that he'd be. He like might a, be though. If he is, I think that he's been kind of like an X factor for this offense. I mean, they've been much better with him on the field than they have been with him off the field. My gosh, he's had um, one good game all well, season. He's had, he had 85 yards last week. Yeah. So I mean, I think that there's a chance that he gets. I mean, he's higher on the pecking order than Randall Cobb. 
Uh, the uh, the Vikings have allowed a league low catch rate to wide receivers when lined up out wide. Okay, they force a lot of passing into the middle of the field. They've given up much more. We'll probably talk about this later, but they've given up a lot more deep passes uh, with Harrison Smith being out. If he does not play again, I think that makes Cook a good play. The other guy is Jack Doyle. Your boy Jack Doyle. In, Jack Doyle, uh, Rainbow Six. Let's yeah. go. I, he played the most snaps of all those mysterious tight ends last week. Um, he's primarily a pass catcher. Dwayne Allen's the blocker, and I think that this is a, a good matchup. You know, a decent matchup with the uh, with the Raiders in a high scoring game. I like it. Wizkid. Uh, I'm gonna go with Charles Clay. I mentioned him on the Monday pod, but uh, I, mentioned, Jesus. I just picked him up in one league. No, I you laughed. I like that. I like, that. I like the it. same stat I said. He 28% of his receiving yards and 100% of his touchdowns have come in the last two weeks. He's played 13 games. <laughs> Tyrod's been targeting him. The Dolphins are tied for the fifth most uh, receiving. You shook your head at him when I had him in waiver wire last week as a streaming option, and guess what? He hit. I know. Well, you know what? I just. I just can't. Dude, he's on that Zach Ertz plan where he doesn't show up till like late in the year. (laughs) I hear that, but uh, Watkins is less than one hundred percent. Yeah, that's 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 par for the course. He did play the Browns though last week, right? And he still scored a touchdown and had a bunch of yards. Well, that's what I'm saying, but he doesn't play the Browns this week. No, I think. The Dolphins. If, let me they're check not, my they're sources. They're not great at defending the tight end position. Either. No, no, I, I agree with that. But I, I, I guess I'll throw this out there: mobile quarterbacks generally don't tend to use their tight ends. He just uh, Tyrod doesn't have a ton of pass attempts in general this year. But hey, I mean, look, we're talking about dumpster di- diving like tight end picks, and you're all like, <laughs> "Oh God, I can't believe you picked Charles Clay." <laughs> guess what? I found him at the bottom of the dumpster, and you I'm just picked up the week. dirty that's diaper at that's the bottom of the dumpster. That's good point. Uh, Jesse James is not a bad play. I think Vernon Davis, if he's available out there, is not a bad play as well. Um, I, <laughs> I'm going to give you the deepest of deep uh, tight end plays, but this this dude, Jeff Hireman in Denver. This is a deep play, but I like it. Um, AJ Dur- Okay, so the starter, Virgil Green in Denver, out with a concussion. The backup, AJ Derby, out with a concussion. Literally, they have one tight end left on the roster, and that is this dude, Jeff Hireman. Um, he's a third-round pick out of Ohio State. So he actually does have some legit credentials. He made a couple nice plays uh, in Week 15, I think two catches for 40 yards. But, uh, but and again, his athletic profile isn't great, but whatever. He's a third-round pick out of Ohio State. I think he's the a team, big dude, though. He's he is a big guy. Six, six. Yeah, they kind of said boy. some nice things about him this offseason, too. So it, last year you didn't hear about him. He's a second-year player. You didn't hear about him last year because I think he tore up his knee yep. and missed the entire season, his entire rookie campaign. So this is basically his first year, and now we're starting to hear about him, uh, obviously, super late in the season. The Denver Broncos, I know that the offense is is very concentrated to, to the two wide receivers there, but whatever scraps are left over seemingly are going to the tight end. They throw, on average, over the last four weeks, 6.25 targets to the tight end position. Hmm. Not necessarily to Jeff Hireman, but to the, all of their tight ends combined have seen you know uh, six targets over the last four weeks. There's only one tar- There's only one tight end left. I don't know. I, I mean, like I, like I said, uh, he's a super super deep play, and I I know for sure if he catches a, a rando touchdown, he's definitely going to be on a, on a that helps no one. That's fine, <laughs> but again, you know, six the the, the volumes there, and, and there's nobody else left in Denver. So whatever. I believe it or not, I swear, I swear, I am rolling him out. Championship week in my 12 team league. I swear that is. I'm I'm starting to play in championship week in my 14 team league because I had Laddie Green and he's out. 
So bad. And honestly, I think I'm playing Clay over Fleener, too, because to hell with Fleener. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. Screw that's what I'm saying. I mean, Fleener's on my waiver wire, but I'm like, you know what? If I get one point for Hireman and two points from Fleener, whatever, at least I can like, look at Hireman and say, hey. Hey, look, you know what? I, I, I dove deep. and You know what I'm saying? I, I feel you. Seriously. Let's do a little game scripting, shall we? Predict the game script in Jets, Patriots. Predict the game script, Matt Harmon. I mean, you would think it will be a negative game script for the New York Jets and yes. a very positive one for the Patriots. I mean, I, I think that you what you would hope is that they get up really quickly by the passing game. And, I mean, New York has been generous to basically everybody in the right. passing game. So I think you roll out Brady. I think you roll out Julian Edelman. But the problem with Edelman is, like, he's been getting a ton of targets and really not do it like barely performing. Oh, you mean he's at, Julian like, Edelman? Yeah, like at expectation level for what right. you like. He's not doing anything extra. You know, he has right. 17, 11, 12, 15, and 12 targets the last five weeks. He's gone over 100 yards once. That is insane. He's been that under 80 insane. yards three times. I was going to say his floor, though, I think he's had 70 plus yards in like yeah, seven or eight he has. Games. He has, but I'm just like, if you're in a standard league, like it's like, right. what, what is the ceiling here? Right. Even, I know. even in a really good spot. I know, I know, I know. I love Malcolm Mitchell. In this Hell spot, obviously, yeah. his uh, I believe his red zone targets the last four weeks leads the or is tied for second or is one of the top two in the NFL. Uh, Chris Hogan, I think you can throw out even as like a. Let, let me stay with you on on Malcolm Mitchell. Okay, uh, I love Malcolm Mitchell as well, but I think the people who are listening to this podcast, the people who have Malcolm Mitchell, he got one target last week. one. Yeah, yeah, it was the Broncos. One. Yeah, I was gonna no, say. No, I get it. I get it. So I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Make the people feel who have Malcolm Mitchell. Maybe they're on the fence about playing Malcolm Mitchell. Oh, they sure. can feel a little bit better about maybe throwing him well, out there. Here, I'm going to jump in super quick on your red zone thing. I tweeted oh, this out yesterday. Uh, since week 11, Malcolm Mitchell is tied for the league lead among wide receivers in red zone targets. There it is. 10 with Crabtree and touchdowns, 3 with multiple wide receivers. So, like, he is their favorite option in that space. Can I also say this? The Jets have been beaten repeatedly. Deep downfield. By everybody. By everyone. Who is their deep downfield guy? Chris, Chris Hogan. Hogan. That's what I'm saying. I think I think he's a good ceiling play. Like you you're gonna either get a two or a or like a fifteen out of him. I and I think that's fine. It, like I d I don't hate Chris Hogan at all. Malcolm Mitchell played ninety percent of the offensive plays last week. He's always on the field. Uh, I think he's been basically like we know the deal with the New England Patriots. Like they attack your weaknesses and right. you saw them do that with Deion Lewis running up the gut, LeGarrette Blunt in the red zone, uh, a lot of passes, you know, to Julian Edelman and even Martellus Bennett a little bit over the middle of the field. You kind of knew that Hogan and Mitchell were not going to be factors going in. So the one target really was that was kind of to be expected. You know, before that, he's been on fire, basically, uh, right. you know, playing really well. Uh, he had he has eight, over 80 yards and or a touchdown in his la- out, outside of that Denver game. In, in every game going into that one since uh, since the 49ers game in week uh, 11. So I, I think Mitchell's a great play here. Yeah. Um, in terms of game script, what that does, though, you would expect this to – even though the Jets, you know, on paper have a really good run defense, you'd still expect this to be a big LeGarrette-Blunt game. But I also like Deion Lewis, too. He set a career high in touches last week okay. against the Broncos. So I think if you have Lewis in championship week, you should probably try to get both those guys in your lineup. And then for the Jets, Marcus said it. It's going to be a lot of, of passing, you know, p- playing catch-up. Uh-huh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Air quotes there for those that are listening. But, you know, Petty will sling the ball a lot. And I, I kind of like Brandon Marshall a little bit in this game. I Last can't. week he was on a snap count uh, limit. 
I, I just I sort of I don't know if he's yeah, I've of kind of given up on. I, I have too. I have too. I probably wouldn't. By the way, him. the Jets have given up on themselves as well. Yeah, well, and you know they deserve to be given up on. They deserve to ha- give up on themselves. However, I think we kind of swung oppor- saw uh, opportunity swing back his way. You know, we knew that Bryce Petty had been his had been uh, what's his name's boy. Pe- I mean, Robbie Anderson had been Bryce Petty's boy going into that game but at the same time like you know he saw he did catch a long touchdown but Brandon Marshall led the team with 45.8 percent of Petty's intended air yards so I think we kind of saw things go back his way I I don't think I would play Marshall in like a season-long championship but if you're playing DFS or whatever I don't think he's a bad contrarian MG is there a a Patriot you don't like because of game script um not because I mean because everyone figures the Patriots is just going to destroy this team yeah I mean I guess if there's one you worry about like a a James White or Deion Lewis. Yeah, I would um, worry there. Too. Those are the guys that concern you a little bit. So, like for those guys, if if the game goes the way we expect it to, you need them to get their points in early because otherwise, late it's going to be a lot of the Garrett Blunt. Wizkid from Wisconsin, San Diego at Cleveland. Run heavy, pass heavy. What are we expecting from San Diego? Dude, I don't know what this up. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been trying to figure this out all week. Like, all right. I mean, their running game was Ronnie Hillman's probably going to get more work, so I'm I'm worried about Kenneth Farrow because he was more efficient mm-hmm. on a per touch basis, and I think Mike McCoy even said like, "Oh, we were really re- impressed with Ronnie's uh, you know ability to come right in and produce." So I'm hands off the backfield. You would like to think that Philip Rivers would attack them through the air since that's where everybody attacked uh, attacks Cleveland, but you know Tyrell Williams had a concussion, and now he's got some other injury too, doesn't he? A labrum. I think that's what he's been. That's what he's originally he's been hurt battling. With a few yeah, weeks he was ago. originally hurt with that. Travis Benjamin's banged up. So like, I would like to think it goes more through the air. And if I'm trusting anybody in this matchup on the the, uh, the San Diego side, it's going to be like Dontrell Inman, Hunter Henry as a streamer. And you're rolling Philip Rivers out confidently. Semi confident. Yeah. <laughs> he okay. hasn't been great recently. So even yeah. though it's even though it's an, a tremendous matchup, it still has me concerned. Like still throwing if, touchdowns. What, though. what if this is the stupid game that Cleveland wins? I, which is what I've been could, saying could, for weeks that this is going to be, be the game that they win. But no, even if they no, win, does it matter? No, but I mean, like, well, like this is what happened when even when we had a good matchup against. I Car- mean, they're not Carolina winning. They're they not were, winning fifteen six. You know what no, I mean? No, when they were, well, I'm saying when they were down and out against Carolina, Rivers started getting behind and was throwing terrible passes and like. Yeah, okay. So if point. he if he throws yeah, a bad pick six or two in this yeah, one, and all of a sudden he's just like yolo balling it up, like they that's true. They, the Cleveland guys can play center field out there. And yeah. Pick it off. So I'm not super confident in playing Rivers. I'm playing him in a couple in a league. So. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I will say this: Sammy Watkins last week. You know, the Buffalo run game obviously was very strong. They went with a run-heavy approach. You could do whatever you yeah. want. I was going to say, they, they give up a ton of rushing yards, but they also give up a league-high 31 passing yards. So typically, or 31 passing touchdowns. So what teams have typically been doing is... Run, run, run. Attacking them through the air and then close it out on the ground. Ah. So, and I think I think that could, if San Diego's going to win the game, I think that's how they could do it, is they go up. And also, Travis Benjamin revenge game. Oh, oh my yeah. God! He caught a long touchdown oh, last good week. Call. Good oh call. my uh, God! And also, you know, yeah, he's it's happening. He is playing behind Williams, who hasn't been very effective lately because he's not healthy. What's his name? Inman is uh, he's getting a lot of targets, but he's kind of a low ceiling player. Benjamin caught a long touchdown, averaged 18 air yards per target last week. Don't be surprised if he takes in a oh long one. Oh my God! I like it. Minnesota at Green Bay. Wizkid, give me a game script. Uh, 
I mean, Zimmer has this. You, I want to think that as much as the Vikings defense struggled last week, that that's going to carry over into this week on the road. The team has a lot of troubles, blah, blah, blah. Zimmer has had Rodgers' number throughout his entire career, and Harrison Smith is coming back, as Harmon astutely pointed out in his next-gen stats write-up. Is he definitely coming back? I mean, he's questionable. And, like, what's the stat? Like, 84% of players who have been questionable have played? Like, it's something, some obscenely high number. So that's concerning. But Rodgers at home, Packers offense is clicking, Rodgers in December, whatever trends, even just the way they're playing right now, I think they're playing too well. I think they should get up ahead, and if they do, it it turns into a bad situation for the Vikings. I mean, I think my thing with the Vikings, the only thing you really fear is their defense, but they can't can't get off the field. I mean, I shouldn't say this. The offense, their offense can't stay on the field. That's the better way to it's put it. It's probably the better way to put it. So, like, the defense ends up getting worn out because their offense just like, can't keep possession of the You football. watch the Vikings these last couple weeks. Like, if you're watching them on Game Pass, the condensed version, you blink and you'll miss them. Because, <laughs> yep. like, they're they're three and out super quick. <laughs> Throwing short of the sticks, punt, defense right back out there. So it, was I, ama- it was amazing to go back and watch that game but as an aside. And on, like, third and two, watching – Sam Bradford throw like barely to the sticks on third and two. You've got you have receivers needing to get yards after the catch to make sure they pick up a first. You almost can't really blame him either because he doesn't have a lot of time. Doesn't have time. <laughs> that offensive line has put multiple people on IR. They can't block anybody. The Colts. The Colts the got Colts. five sacks last week. Ugh, <laughs> five. What in the Eric world? Eric Walden like, was their best pass. Is their best pass rusher. He's not even that good. And Frank he, Gore had a hundred yards. Rushing. So I think with with Montgomery's emergence, I mean everything should be lining up for the Packers to have a great game. But I would, I mean, I nothing would surprise me. All right, we'll stay with Ty Montgomery, who you brought up. Mike McCarthy said he told the media that uh, that the future 2017 first round fantasy <laughs> draft pick Ty Montgomery <laughs> uh, could be used in an expanded role this week. You buying that, bro? How fantasy? can how can you expand more than what he did last week? Receiving. He I mean, yeah, I guess catch. receiving. That's true. You like him this week against Minnesota's? Uh, hell yeah. Hell yeah? No, like, no question. Oh, Just wow. like Frank Gore put 100 on him last week. I know he had like 26 carries, but still, he put 100 on him. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, he's going to play. He played 84. Stark's coming sacks. back? No. No, out. Out. Yeah, officially he's out. Gushing. <laughs> t- it happened right before we came up here. I tweeted out he was officially ruled out by the team. So I was like, any concerns you had about Montgomery yeah. this week are gone. Fire him. So, uh, okay. like, unless C Mike is going to go Hall of Fame C Mike on us. <laughs> Like I think that uh, I think that Montgomery's a great play. I will say this as as we've been sitting here going through this podcast, you yes. guys have convinced me to move Kenan Farrow out of my lineup and, yes. put, and put Ty Montgomery in. Oh, oh yeah, here we go. Huge. <laughs> I don't I don't hate Kenneth Farrow as much as others seem to this week, but I think uh, I, that's definitely the correct. Yeah, I don't I don't hate him. I just I'm concerned that he's yeah. going to split like 24 carries in half with yeah. Ronnie Hillman. Uh, what about the receivers? What do you got? Look, pass catching wise, who are you playing in this game? Uh, certainly not Randall Cobb. Well, yeah, he's not a. Re- I said I meant people that have not retired. What the so, hell happened to Randall? Yeah, I think it was his ankle injury, and they've just kind of de-emphasized him a little bit. He's still out there running routes and stuff. He does not look the same, and no. I don't think Rodgers is targeting him because he's not one hundred. He had exactly as many catches as you did last week, James. Oh boy. Um, I'm obviously starting Jordy. Yeah, you simply cannot. And uh, I know you made this good point, and NGS, that uh, they've shut that the Vikings have shut down outside receivers pretty well. But if we're looking at trends, okay, Devontae Adams has kind of been an other week proposition oh. every other week, and has never had back to back games this year with fewer than eight fantasy points. So interesting. 
Well, um, he should that's, hop off this that, week. That sounds that's, like a, that sounds like a trend that analysis. is that sounds like a trend that is bound to reverse course. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, it's infallible. It's infallible. Yeah, because that makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Vikings have allowed, like I said, a forty-nine point seven percent catch rate to outside wide receivers. You know, if Harrison Smith comes back, that's a big difference. Again, you talked about a Next Gen Stats column that I wrote. Uh, they they give up a 24.7 passer rating on passes that travel 28 yards or more in the air with Harrison Smith playing. Without him, 130.8. You know, it's interesting to me. When you get to this point in the season, motivation becomes huge. Motivation True. becomes gigantic. Uh, Minnesota basically out of everything. They have nothing really to play for, but except for the fact that they're playing Green Bay. And for whatever reason, everyone in the NFL likes to show up against Green Bay. And whether or not they win or lose, you know, at least in the first half, you're going to get a good effort. It's that unlikable owner they have. <laughs> <laughs> All the people with All paper the- on the walls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I-, I think the motivation will be there for Minnesota. I- I'm... I know that they got gashed last week against Indianapolis. It's a it's a back up against the wall like bounce back kind of game. That's though. what I'm that's, that's, that's what I'm like, worried about. That's why nothing would surprise me. That's what I'm worried yeah. about. I don't see a Mike Zimmer team being one that's going to like quit either. And they also I think they still really believe in the future of this team. Like they I feel, you know, this this sucks like having to play fantasy analyst slash pretending to be a fantasy analyst and also pretending to be a psychologist at this point in the year. Sure. But at the same time, I think that this is a team that believes in the future. They believe in the nucleus that they have there. You know, that's all really well and good. They're still not good on offense. No, no, they no, still no. suck. I mean, no, like, no, honestly, honestly, MG, it's more about the Minnesota defense for me because I don't think I don't think anybody's invested in the Minnesota offense, but so many people are invested in the Green Bay offense. It's more of like setting expectations. What are the expectations for Jordy Nelson? What are the expectations for Aaron Rodgers? What are the expectations for Ty Montgomery? And I think that to me, that's way more interesting yeah. than talking about Minnesota's offense because they're trash. Because they got embarrassed on defense last week against the Colts. I mean, they got. Shellac. That's what I'm saying. They let and, Philip and Dorsett score a 50-yard touchdown. That's embarrassing. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think we're going to see that kind of performance again. I I just don't think so. I don't know. I could be wrong. San Francisco at LA. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Give me a game script. Tell me what Todd Gurley's going to do. Um, I th- I think I think we'll be okay. I think we're going to be okay here, folks. Will he actually have more <laughs> than 85 rushing yards? I mean, will he be a top 10 running back this week? In in. The case of stoppable force against movable object, um, I think the force actually kind of kind of pushes forward a little bit. Um, it's not going to be a fun game to watch. Like don't <laughs> don't watch this for like enjoyment's sake. I mean, you know, have some eggnog and enjoy some time with the fam, and you know, maybe you can tune into this game a little bit. But um, it. <sighs> I, you know, there's no real telling of how this game is going to go because both of these teams are so bad. So bad. Um, I mean, the one thing I do look at is I think I think this is a game where you can have some faith in the running back. So, I mean, okay. Todd Gurley on one side, Carlos Hyde on the other side. I mean, the one thing we've learned about Carlos Hyde this year is that he's really been immune to game script for the most part. Right. Regardless of what the situation is, the Niners have given him the football either as a receiver or a runner. So he's going to be fine there. Um, you know, Gurley, I think you can trust against a run defense that is historically bad this year. So, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're going to get one of those crazy 150-yard two-touchdown games out of him. But, you know, if you can get close to 100 and a touch, look, man, that's, that's great from Todd Gurley considering what he's given you so far this year. So I think you're fine there. Right. Um, 
I'd stay away from Jared Goff. I mean, I think he could have a decent game, but it's just you know it's not a risk you're taking this. Week. Oh, I yeah. mean, maybe championship week. You're maybe, not maybe it's out a, Jared. Maybe, Goff, maybe it's for a God D- sakes. Maybe it's a DFS stack if you're feeling a little frisky or something nope. like that. No, it's no. <laughs> all right. So then, uh, so then, forget that. That's this is a big question for me. Like, how? Let, we, we would never put any you know financials on this because we're not crooks. Uh, but what do you guys think? Like the total points scored will be in this game? It's supposed to be extremely low scoring. Yeah, I mean, that, I could. Like, see, as a matter of fact, it's supposed to be the low scoring game. I could see thirty. It, like, in the, oh, 30. I was, I was sixteen gonna, to fourteen. Everybody wins. I was that gonna, is gross. I was going to put it like low forties, but man, no, it's uh, wow. Yeah, it's anticipated to be lower scoring than forty. Yikes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's my thing. Like, because if you're going to actually want to play anybody in this game. That's bad. So good news, folks. Uh, if you are in Los Angeles this weekend, yes, and you're looking for something to do on uh-huh. uh, on Saturday afternoon, that's right. Stop on by the Coliseum. Sure, uh, sure, they'll be glad to have you come on in. How much do you think you could buy There'll a ticket? Be plenty for? of room, like three bucks. Uh, look, I have it. I have it on very good authority. Yeah, that the that tickets for the Rams Falcons games a couple of weeks ago uh-huh. were could be had in the parking lot for ten dollars. Ten dollars? <laughs> this is going to be worse. Nope. Well, could, could, now, mind you, parking okay, in the on. parking lot at the Coliseum was sixty dollars. <laughs> What? So, no. What? So, you know. Why would parking be 60 bucks? It was 90 earlier in the season. No, no, I know, but that's when people were coming to games. Now now nobody's coming to games. Mind you, there is also, you know, a public transportation system that drops you off literally on the doorstep of the stadium. That's Um, what I'm saying. Like, how do you get off paying 60 bucks? That's crazy. StubHub. Yes. uh, Tickets are 30 bucks right now. Sponsored by. That's stupid because you uh, uh, you could go to the stadium. You can get them for less than 30. I could go get. You know, two two in L.A. two beers for thirty dollars. <laughs> have more fun than I would watching that game. You could go to Silver Lake and get one cocktail. Guys, no, all True. football games are awesome. We love the NFL. Woo-hoo! I love the NFL. All right, let's move on to. The I'm next gonna watch. Topic. I'm gonna Why? watch the game. I'm just not gonna go to it. I love the NFL. This game is trash. Woo! <laughs> this game's gonna be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do. Oh it's boy! Great. No, no. What is franchise not. back there? No, just change the subject. EDG every damn game. We're gonna start. It's remember, guys. All most of the games are happening Saturday. Yep. Yes. Set your line. If you listen to the podcast, set your, set your lineup, lineup right now. Right most now. Most of the games start on Saturday. We're gonna start in Carolina. NFC South, the ATL taking on Carolina. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Oh, his favorite team. It's oh. your favorite team. The, the Falcons? Negative. Uh, well, speaking of the lowest scoring game of the week, this is supposed to be one of the higher scoring games yeah. of the week. Yep. Uh, for Let's start on the Falcons side. Right. I mean, I think you're playing Matt Ryan, obviously. like The, the Falcons have scored more points than anybody. I think we already kind of covered Julio Jones and everybody well. The, the question there is, like, the backfield. Uh... Carolina's run defense has been really good. I don't I don't know if I'm trusting Tevin Coleman unless you just need a straight ceiling shot. But Devonta Freeman's been so good. He's has passing game work pretty much locked down that yeah. I think I'm fine with that. So I think you kind of know what the situation there is with Atlanta. And then on Carolina's side, Cam Newton played really well Monday night. They, this talk you talk about, you know, motivation here in December. This looked like a team that does not want to lay down. Yep. That I think they know that they let an opportunity slip away from them this season that bothers them, yada, yada. Don't they have like stuff. five losses by three points or fewer? 
Yeah, that's that, that dude. That's true. that's Panthers football. Oh, it is. That is pan. That's been Panthers like football two, for five years. Two now. years ago, when they uh, when they went like seven, eight, and one, or whatever, or even maybe it was the year before that, they had like the highest number of losses within seven points in the league. That's what was so surprising about their season last year, as a you know, as an observer of this team, uh, is that like they would blow the doors off of teams last year, and you never saw that in like the Ron Rivera, Cam Newton era. Everything that was so heartbreaking about them originally was like. They'd have a lead, they'd lose it, and then they'd, they'd lose the game. For the record, by my count, four losses by three points or fewer. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So Because that, those, all four of those games could easily go the other way. Coin flip. Right. Coin flip. Because- yeah. And so this game, I think, like, I think this will be a pretty competitive game. I think they'll trade blows back and forth. Both these defenses have holes in which you can pick on. Uh, Atlanta's run defense, they've allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards to to, to the yards to running backs over the last month. But at the same time, you got to look. They were like blowing, again, blowing the doors off Los Angeles, blowing the doors off San Francisco. So I think that they will uh, be – this is a pretty good spot for Jonathan Stewart, even though he's a gross – player to use in fantasy he did get his first 100 yard rushing game last week so i think i'm okay with playing him but it is still of course risky you know at least it's at home and greg olson good matchup for him yada yada uh the receivers you're not playing kelvin benjamin at this point he's been bad he's been hurt or he's well he's not been hurt but he's been like ineffective he's been ineffective they've also been like Kind of, they've regretted using him so much to start the year because they think they pushed him too much coming back the ACL. Whatever you're not, the point is you're not using him in fantasy. Right. Uh, Ted Ginn, though, I think he has had pretty consistent usage. He's really only had one slow game the last month, so I think that you can play him with pretty good confidence against a secondary that can get beat. All right, I like it. Next game on the docket: Miami at Buffalo. MG, what do you got? Well, I'm uh, looking at Jay Ajayi first and foremost, and I'm I'm worried about him just because you know, he hasn't really given us much. It it feels like those those three big games he had in the middle of the season. It it feels like it could have been last. But but Marcus, he had 200 yards against the the, the Bills last time they played. Yeah, all of that is true, and that was last time. Uh, that is not this time. Look, I, I think he can be okay. When I say okay, I mean you're talking about you know 80 to 90 yards, maybe hopefully a touchdown. But part of it has been that offensive line has just not been completely healthy since he went on that big run in the middle of the season. Um, you're not starting Matt Moore. We can just forget about that. Uh, I, I don't. I, I mean, there's nothing about the receivers that I love. I mean, Jarvis Landry has been underwhelming all year long. Uh, Devontae Parker has, again, been underwhelming most of the year. Kenny Stills is pretty much a ceiling play. You're hoping he hits a couple of long passes, uh, long long catch and runs, gets in the end zone. So there's too much inconsistency on that side for me to really feel comfortable about. Um, On the Buffalo side, I like Tyrod this week. I think especially if he can get out of the pocket a little bit. Look, the Dolphins gave up. 113 rushing yards to Colin Kaepernick a few weeks ago. I don't know that Tyrod gets quite that much, but I think it underscores the point that mobile quarterbacks can give this defense problems. So if Tyrod can get out and run, that should be some potential there. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins, again, another kind of ceiling play, but just because he can never be 100% healthy, you just always are worried about him. Uh, you know, Charles Clay, Gelhar mentioned his potential sleeper this week uh, at the tight end position. And then, of course, Shady. You're starting Shady, and you're not worried about that. Washington at Chi-Town. Alex Gelhar, what do you got? Uh, let's see here. I think you can play everybody. Moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jordan Howard's in a good spot this week. He, you know, He's had his 99-plus scrimmage yards in seven straight weeks. And yeah. Washington, I think right now, is the 22nd ranked run defense. So okay. feel free to fire him up. 
Alshon uh, Jeffrey versus Josh Norman. You scurred? Do we know if Nor- Norman's even going to shadow him or not? Well, he'll cover him enough. He'll probably hit him a fair amount, so I don't know. I think they started to get him more involved last week, and I'd, you know, it's I'd be worth it'd be okay, Chase, throwing him out there. Yeah. Uh, Meredith should avoid him because he plays mostly in the slot these days. I think that was one of your next gen stats things too. No, um, that was on fantasy hipsters. Oh, it was on fantasy hipsters, yes. right? I'd seventy one percent of his targets uh, the last four games with Barkley as a starter have come from Loney's lined up in the slot. There we go. Um. Uh, Rob Kelly worries me slightly because he's only had like average. He's averaged like forty-seven yards rushing the last really? four games after starting one hundred seven. However, okay, I think this is a good matchup and game script for him to be started. So I like it. I wouldn't like you know be an immediate plug and play, but I think there's a lot of things working in his favor this week, and he's the preferred goal line back. Other one, Jamison Crowder, uh, Jordan Reed probably out. Crowder's been quiet the last few weeks, also only averaging about forty-ish receiving yards, but. This feels like the type of game where Crowder could get loose in the middle of the field, yeah. especially with uh, Reed out and For Davis sure. being old and put together a nice game. Uh, and, yeah, I'm streaming Matt Barkley in two fantasy championships. So no, you're not. Please, fantasy gods, smile upon me. I like you. it. I like it. You're, Are you? You're starting like future Jaguars starting quarterback <laughs> Matt Barkley. One's a 14-team league and one's a 12, and there are not many quarterback options. I love so. it. He, Matt Barkley, especially in games where they've fallen behind, has the the offense has averaged like over 400 yards uh, total yards in the I last love like it, man. four games where he's been starting and they've been behind. So. Outside of the snow game, he's averaged 43 pass attempts per game. Right. So I'm like, why not? Maybe this, this is, is the week. Maybe this is the week it all comes together. I love it. I this love is, it. This is championship week. You're rolling out Matt Barkley. Two of three championships. Yeah, dude. I am. This is either the week <laughs> that he. I mean, you know, you could say week he, it all comes together, but I mean, it's been coming together. This yeah, I just mean like fantasy wise. Well, I mean, but he's he's been putting up fantasy numbers too. The, but this could also be the week. By the way, uh, everything awesome. barn. <laughs> allow allow uh, allow us to take a moment to reiterate that this is part of the reason you just don't play week 17 because you think it's a, oh. you think it's bad now. Next week yeah. is going to be. Awful. Oh, if awful. you if you awful if you play week seventeen, just unsubscribe from the podcast. <laughs> Please don't. No, don't do that. that. Actually, no, don't Please do don't that. do that. Take it back. Don't do it. No, instead, rate and review the podcast and tell us in Matt Harvey, what are you why doing? You play week seventeen. Why are you telling people? What are you, what's rogue. wrong with you? I'm sorry. I went rogue. Okay. All right. That's not what they would do on the NPR Fantasy Podcast, by You're the right. way, bro. I'm sorry. Please, okay. please don't unsubscribe, James. Okay. Now, I, now, let me I, read I, you an ad. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Just kidding, NPR. Please hire me. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Go, NPR. Oh, this is my game? Yeah, yes, you. Oh, no, well, all right. Well, in that case, let's talk about this game. Oh, no. No, I think uh, – so, you know, the Tennessee side, I, I think you pretty much know what's what. I think this is a good bounce-back spot for Mariota. Uh, departed friend franchise uh, wrote about why Mariota will bounce back in his air and ground analysis, so read that out at, uh, read that at NFL.com slash franchise. I agree with him there. The question, Jalen Ramsey's really emerged as a corner that we need to worry about where he's going to line up, and he's lined up oh, yeah. all over the field. He's incredible. He's such a good player. I think he sees a lot of Richard Matthews, but I don't know if that's really enough for me to – consider benching Matthews if he's a guy that you've been relying on because he's been the number one receiver. He's been so consistent, but I think it's enough to give you pause. This is, I think it's a good eruption spot for Delaney Walker because I think this game is going to really? be, I think this game is going to be a shootout and that brings me to the, uh, <laughs> how can this possibly be a shootout? I just, because Tennessee's defense sucks. Okay. They're bad. They've been targeted 101 times by wide receivers okay. the last four weeks, and that includes their bye week. So in three games, they've given up 101 <laughs> targets to wide receivers. That's a lot. That's a lot. I 
you know, I don't know if you can possibly trust Allen Robinson in a season-long league, but I, I do think that this is a – This is the game? This could possibly be the game. I mean well, – I wanted to get behind that. Like, I really looked at that really hard this week, and I just couldn't I don't – yeah, to... and I'm not going to make an impassioned case for it, but just don't be surprised if he pops up for a pretty good game. Okay. Um, you know, the question – and again, you come back to motivation. Yeah. What are the Jags going to look like this week, you know, because are they going to, like – respond to their coach being fired a lot of the players said that they felt this was kind of bs the way it was handled and like he had to ride the flight the flight home so does that mean they're gonna you know quit on the jags or are they gonna you know come back for their fight which i always think is funny like when and the rams said that too so yeah. take that for what this one for fish we're gonna man. do this for right. fisher how about all the other, we didn't about all the, other... <laughs> the 14 games before that we didn't do it for anybody but <laughs> But this time we're doing for fish. You know, I think that this is an interesting game on Jacksonville's side, you know, so so take that for what you will. Um, and then the running game situation for Tennessee is interesting too because uh, DeMarco Murray did not get a carry in the red zone. He did see one target, but Derrick Henry might be the preferred scoring back. He had two red zone touchdowns, five red zone carries. So, you know, take that for what it will. Take that for what you will. I like well. it. Indianapolis at Oakland expected to be a straight shootout, baby. MG, what you got? I say start everybody. Start everybody. Um, Andrew Luck, you're starting. Ty Hilton, Seth you're starting. Seth Roberts, you might be able to start in some deeper leagues. Honestly, wow. you no, really it's true. Might. You really wow. might be able to start in some yeah, deeper man. leagues. Um, but I don't hate it. Can I, can I jump in super quick on Seth Roberts? Please. Armin, you back read deep dive. You know what trend I identified in there. What's what? that? Seth Roberts has not had more than three straight games without a touchdown this season. Uh-oh. He's had three straight games without a touchdown now. So trends this week, he should catch one. Is that trends. Lo- lock it in. Look out. Just lock it in. Boom. Um, Christ, some of it's these in. trends you're coming up with. But, yeah, no, I mean, like, Luck, Hilton, Gore for sure. Uh, you know, I know we talked about Moncrief a little bit. Uh, you know, the tight ends. Spin the wheel, and if you find the right one, good on you. But yeah. uh, one of those guys, I think, is going to score a touchdown this week. It's just a matter of figuring out whether it's you know whether it's Doyle or Please Swoop let it be Doyle. or Dwayne Allen. Agreed. Don't whatever. let it be Dwayne Allen. Um, Nobody the Raiders that. side. I mean, Derek Carr. I think this is one of his bounce back games because he has not been particularly great the last few weeks. That injured hand. Uh, yeah, the hand. Uh, you know, you got Amari Cooper and and uh, Michael Crabtree, which still Amari Cooper continuing to prove to the world that you don't need red zone targets to be a wide receiver one in fantasy. Apparently, uh, well, not anymore. Okay, I guess he's he's slipped out of the. I mean, top he's. 10, I think he's in. He's outside the top ten. He's wide receiver eleven, but he's been. He's I mean, banned. for fa- he's, for fantasy, he's been worthless. He's kind of vanished. I mean, lately. he's, com- he's like com- he's had the one game with ten targets against Kansas City, but didn't do anything. His last since the game against Houston, where he had fifty-seven yards and a touchdown, he has twenty-two yards, fifty-nine yards, twenty-nine yards, and twenty-eight yards. Yikes! Without sc- and only scored in the Buffalo game. So yeah. I mean, that's ugly. But I still think this is a week where yeah. you can see him. Me too. You can see him bounce back. Um. Latavius Murray, baby. Let's Latavius, go. Roll with Latavius Murray. Don't worry about Jalen Richard. I mean, I know he's been getting some touches in there, but he's not seeing anything near the goal line. I mean, he's been kind of a nice change of pace back to right. get Murray a breather, but he's not doing enough to warrant getting a spot in your lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to watch. I would also say if you're looking for a streaming defense – um, the Raiders are not a no. terrible play. No, Don't they're really do it. They've had it. Look, since week nine, they've had yeah. at least seven fantasy points every single week. They've had like, like two or more sacks in just about every That's game. Interesting. They've had two or more turnovers in just about every game. The thing about the Raiders is, and, and I've, I've, I've said this with Ike Taylor on the Game Day Blitz Couch Show every week, they will give up yards and they'll give up some points, but they are a great situational defense. When they need plays in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, 
That's when you see Khalil Mack or Bruce Irvin getting sacks. That's when you see them figuring out a way to pressure the quarterback and get turnovers. And so those things for fantasy actually start to add up. They get those turnovers, they get those sacks, and it means something. So if you're looking for a streaming play, um, you know, there may be some other ones. The Chargers are a good option for you, but don't sleep on the Raiders this week. And points allowed really don't. Doesn't really matter. I mean, unless unless you give up a gazillion points, it doesn't matter. You give up forty five points, but as long as you get like five sacks on Andrew Luck, maybe get a pick. Yep, you're fine. Yep. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Gail Hart, what you got? What do I have? Uh, For starters, I am extremely worried about Doug Martin in this game because the uh, we've talked about it a little bit on here, and I grabbed some numbers yesterday, put them out on the old Twitter.com. Did you look at them first? I looked at the numbers. And, Good. And, uh, and then I t- looked at them as I typed them into a tweet. And oh, perfect. I put them out so others could look at them. Oh, Good. wow, that is generous. Yeah, I great. mean, it's just the season of giving, guys, yes. so I wanted, wanted to be out there. Give those but numbers out. since week nine, when Sheldon Rankins returned, the Saints have allowed just 74.14 rushing yards per game and 3.6 yards per carry. That's a seven-game span that they've held this up. They have been shutting down opposing rushing attacks and faced good running backs, too. And Doug Martin, since he's returned in Week 10, has averaged just 2.8 yards per carry. Charles Sims came in, stole a bunch of the work last week, especially the passing down work. He saw 75% of the targets last week. So, like, I'd try to not start Doug Martin if you can help it this week. I know he's got Even touch- against New Orleans. No, he's got some yeah, touchdown upside and stuff, but yeah. I'm, I'm no scared. Thanks. Okay. Nope, don't worry. Um, I think Cameron Brate's in play, though, because of his red zone opportunities. And okay. We just ran through how awful tight end is. You can't yeah. turn away from a guy like Brate right. getting as much work there. Evans, he, he's he got to bounce back at some point, guys, right? Right? Like Ryan I Hurt. hope so. Question I need mark, him to. Question mark, well, question mark. Right? It's in the Superdome. So that helps. You know, so you would think that the Saints are going to build a league and a lead, and Champ- Tampa Bay will have to get off the game script that they've been on the last month where they've been playing really slow. We talked about that, I think, on Monday's podcast where they're 18th in plays run mm-hmm. uh, since week 11, I believe, which coincides right away with his you know, slump here. Slump. Uh, and then on the flip side. Uh, Man, who do you like for New Orleans? Uh, who do you like? Uh, I prefer. Is this a Cooks game? Is it a Sneed That's game? That's my analysis. Is it? Is yeah. it? Who is it? I prefer Michael th- Thomas? I prefer Thomas. I prefer Thomas this week. Um, I saw in the Next Gen Stats preview packet they were talking about Brent Gu- Brent Grimes. He's been exceptional of late, probably being on Cooks more often than not. So this feels like it could be a a Cooks down game, especially after his explosion. You're not benching Cooks though. No, I don't. I don't think Cooks can, in any league, so I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doing anything with them. Oh, yeah, there you go. I don't think you can sit him at when he's home. <laughs> I didn't want any part of that roller coaster in the preseason, so there I didn't draft him anywhere. I like it. I like it. And then I guess Ingram out of the backfield. I think like he still saw more touches last week, and like squeak, squeaky wheel gets the grease theory this week. He, he complained uh, on the sideline. Yeah, they get it. Like, what? Is, but you know the Saints are pretty petty. What if they just, I don't you know, know? That's so I don't know. I mean, they yeah, they yanked them for a full game because of a fumble. That's true. Oh my God! Don't remind me. But yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Don't 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 play Kobe Flaner. Just don't do it to yourself. <laughs> There's a good tip. I think I think Breeze is fine though. Breeze is going to be okay this week. It is amazing how much Kobe Fleener has played and how little it's Breeze resulted in not much. Tavon Austin gets it. You know, which real super quick aside. <laughs> yes. Kobe Fleener, like everybody always talks about, you know, is it opportunity or is it talent or blah blah blah. I think it's got to be a merger of both because. Kobe Fleener went to the, the the Saints, and a couple people, like, I was one of the ones throwing cold water on it. I warmed up a little bit to it. But like you said, dude has had legitimately every opportunity in an offense that was producing top-flight tight ends. And the only reason he's a top-10 tight end is because the position's a disaster. He has been awful this year. He's the only healthy one. I mean, that all you have to do to be a top-10 tight end in fantasy this year is be healthy. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember Seriously. saying that two years ago too. Like that's the way it goes. So, you know, there. it's a, as as we're ending the year here, and we're going to start looking towards next year and stuff. It's a reminder that like you got to take a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Sure. Players are not uh, they're not just like binary codes. Like you know, replace one with other. Now you know, like it doesn't work like that. Right. They're not just you know. Mix. Sometimes it does work like that. Other times it doesn't. You know, that's why this that's why this stuff is you know hard to pin down. Yeah. Uh, also, new playbooks, right? Ha- play such a huge role. Yeah, I th- we saw that last year with Jimmy Graham. He couldn't figure it out. And yeah. This year, he figured it out. And I think that's why people were so like, "Well, just you know, Saints tight ends, man." Like, look, Ben Watson never did anything in his career, but then he popped up in New Orleans randomly and had a great year. But Ben Watson had also been there multiple years yeah. in the system as a blocking tight end, helping out Jimmy Graham. But then when he had to step up, he knew it. And then you know, tight ends, uh, Kobe Fleener there comes in. Does nothing. And I would not be surprised if next year he actually does do something. Though. I would. Who the hell knows? <clears throat> uh, let me say this about uh, Mark Ingram. He has been in a full-on timeshare. Oh, of course you uh, want to say some, say some mean <laughs> things about Mark <laughs> It's true. Listen, he played 18 snaps last week uh, in Week 14. Tim Hightower played 19. Travars Cadet played 18 as well. So, And uh, I think now it makes... Five of the last six weeks, I think he's been played. He's played thirty-three uh, percent of the snaps or less. So he's in a full-on timeshare there. I don't know. I I like Mark Ingram there. I think you could. I mean, obviously, I think you're going to. I play think him. this is a Mark Ingram week. I yeah, I think a sneaking suspicion. The bottom line is you're going to play him because he's been productive. You got a hunch. You know, he's been relatively productive. You're going to play him. I'm just saying, I think the ceiling for him is relatively limited. Uh, Arizona at Seattle. Harmon, what do you got? Yeah, this is an interesting game. Is it going to uh, be gross? Sure. Is it going to be would... high scoring? What's it going to be? I don't know if Arizona gets much done. I mean, they can't pass protect. But David Johnson gets all the points, right? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. And David Johnson, you know, he's he wants to be one of the players that gets 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. He's Jeez. at 800 receiving yards right now. So, And Bruce Arians has been pretty open about, like, listen, you want to get some records? Come in here and get some records. We'll right. get you – you know, we'll, we'll do something. So sure. I, think, I think he's also chasing Arizona's all, or season, touch, season high touchdown record as well. So yep. I think DJ, even though, you know, it's theoretically a tough spot in Seattle, obviously – I think you can still set normal expectations Does for Does anyone him. have any numbers regarding Seattle minus Earl Thomas? I mean, they've looked very human. They have They have been beaten deep. Yeah. Same thing. It's the same sort of thing with the Harrison Smith trend that we just talked about. Like, I think when teams lose that, like, field general free safety, like, guys don't get lined up in the right positions like they're supposed because that's what those guys are doing there in the back end. Yeah. I think that's a big deal with, with Earl Thomas. Uh, so, you know, I think that, that they can certainly get beat deep, and that's the, that is the interesting question because there's, like, no way I want to play Larry Fitzgerald in this spot. He's slowing down physically. His role is decreasing. He has, I think, seen double-digit targets just once yeah. over the last month. So that's not something that you're really chasing at this point. J.J. Nelson? J.J. Nelson or, or John Brown, you know, both of those guys had to increase their playing time with Michael Floyd now in New England. Hell of a punishment for getting a DUI. Um, <laughs> I, so I think both those guys have potential to get long touchdowns. Uh, but, the, you know, do you really want to trust that? I mean, John Brown still played on 59% of the offensive plays. J.J. Sure. Nelson was about 78%. So If we think about Arizona's offense, though, they love to attack the deep scene. They, they do. And that is... You know, theoretically, where you want to attack—that is Seattle one of the right cornerstones now. of their offense—is attacking that deep seam. Now, it hasn't worked for them this year, but they still go to it quite a bit. Seattle is not the same defense without Earl Thomas, especially in that part of the field. Right? No, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Palmer actually has a nice day. 
Yeah, I, well, yeah, because I, I could Wait, see, what? I could see him throwing like. I zoned out for a second, look, and I came back when I heard Carson Palmer has a nice day. I, I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised. I could, because, and well, I see what you're saying that I, I could see him throwing a long touchdown to either Nelson or Brown. Yeah, but I could also see him throwing three picks and getting sacked six times. <laughs> yeah, they're they're off the line. They're they can't <laughs> like they can't protect. I think Carson Palmer is not as cooked as other people do because I think he can still throw, but he can't move, right. and they can't protect. Okay, So I think that's rough for Arizona's offense. On Seattle's side, I think this is a good spot for pretty much everybody outside of maybe Jimmy Graham. How about we, Thomas Rawls? Sure. I mean, he's at home. They, they should be favored, I think, at that point. like He's had one good game. Literally one good game. That's what I'm he saying. Came back. I know, but I think it was in similar conditions to this, where they got ahead of Carolina, they blew the doors off him, and he was able to get going uh, at home. So I think it's tough to trust Thomas Rawls, but I think yep. that this could be a good spot for him. And then in the passing game, they just put Tyron Matthew on IR, who wasn't playing that well or was very healthy anyway. So I think that's good for Doug Baldwin. Uh, the tight end position have do- has basically done nothing, average less than 30 yards per game against Arizona. They have good safeties. And I think what Brandon Cooks did to Arizona last week uh, is, is good news for Tyler Lockett. Oh, who ran, here we who, go. The, the beat reporters in Seattle were saying coming into the game last week, uh, before Thursday night, we obviously were not paying attention because we were at Star Wars. Um, but they were going back and looking at the reports, they were saying that he was going to play ahead of Jermaine Curse, He was warming up ahead of him as the number two receiver. And when we saw that come to fruition as bad his best game of his career. Love it. Uh, we know that – I don't think he's going to get shadowed by Peterson. If they didn't shadow Brandon Cooks, a speed receiver with Peterson, who's also, I think, dealing with an injury too. He's got a little bit of a knee. They're certainly not going to do that with Lockett. Uh, and, you know, we saw them blow coverage after coverage last week against Cooks. I think this could be a good game for Lockett, who – Averaged four point four yards per sep- yards of separation on his targets last week, so I think we see good things from him. Love it, Cincinnati at Houston. MG, what do you got? Um, there's nothing about there's nothing on the Cincinnati side that really excites me a whole lot. Um, I mean, maybe you take a chance on Andy Dalton. You know, I I wouldn't have a problem playing AJ Green as we talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, Jeremy Hill looks like he's going to play this week after missing practice earlier in the week, but literally he's had. Ah, good game in the last two months. Um, he keeps finding the end zone though, which is what keeps him fantasy relevant. Hell yeah, Norman. Um, hey man, hey, but he's he's not playing well. He just no. keeps getting in the end zone. No one makes no one's making that argument. <laughs> like, but there's nothing there's nothing about the Cincinnati side that excites me a whole lot. Um, on the Houston side, I mean, I'm curious to see what Tom Savage is going to do with a week of preparation under his belt. Um, you know, I know everybody's super excited about what it potentially means for New Hopkins because he has a quarterback who can actually throw the football to him and not just in his general area code. But um, the matchup's not great, so I think it's it's something to kind of temper your expectations. For even even last week, he had 17 targets, 15 from Savage, 87 yards. I mean, that that's, that's not crazy. great. That that's what I think is good about this. Like, I'm not saying that that Hopkins is about to suddenly have the ceiling that he had last year, but I think he actually has a floor again. Yeah, so, I mean, that's something to keep an eye on there. Um, elsewhere, you know, don't worry about Lamar Miller. You're starting him. Um, you know, I know he's kind of been banged up, and they've been holding him out of practice as a precaution, but he will get plenty of opportunities, so you can you can start, uh, you know, you can start Lamar Miller. And as I mentioned, uh, Fedora Goat, 
or Ryan Griffin, uh, depending on which of the, the tight ends is starting there. But, so they're uh, the same person. They are kind of the same person. <laughs> um, so I think that's it. Otherwise, there's not much, I think, fantasy-wise that's going to get you fired up here. Two games on a Sunday, Baltimore at Pittsburgh. It's at Pittsburgh. Gail Har, what do you see? Uh, this is a good game for Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers passing attack. Jimmy Smith is out this week. They've that helps. They've ruled him out. And it's been some pretty big, uh, you know, we always talk about Ben's home road splits or whatever, but uh, the Ravens have some pretty ghastly splits with and without Jimmy Jimmy Smith this year. I had tweeted, and this is just FPA, but it's one indicator, and then our friend Graham Barfield came in with some more. But uh, with Jimmy Smith in the lineup, Baltimore allows 13.91 fantasy points per game. That's over 10 games. Without, 19 points per game. And then Graham also had been looking at this, and uh, the Ravens allow 190 passing yards per game with Smith and healthy. And when he's missed the game or left early, they've allowed 303.4 passing yards per game. So that is a sizable jump for that passing attack. I think you still start Bell. You don't worry about the Ravens' good run defense. I mean, uh, he's he's Le'Veon Bell, so you're, you're fine there. Uh, Ravens-wise, I don't know, man. I still have issues with this passing game because yeah. you, you never know who's going to get the targets. Are you playing anybody? In a Ravens uniform, at maybe all? maybe Terrence West and Kenneth Dixon, just because <gasps> running backs are like bleh. like I mean, Terrence West took the took the backfield back over last week after uh, uh, Dixon missed that pass pickup and but Dixon still got like if they get down or they're chasing points, we know Dixon can get a bunch of catches and stuff. So. You know how many catches he had last week? He had one, I think. Right? I think he had zero. Ah! Well, he, he <laughs> but this backfield's been up and down either way. So no, I'd mean, feel better what, about West. He's got like, the the goal line upside, but. I mean, honestly, is anybody tr- would anybody trust anybody in that passing attack? No, no. Smith, no. He's been no. up and down. No one. Eh, yeah. No one. I would maybe maybe deep sleeper oh, Brashad oh, Perriman. Oh, Mike Wallace revenge game. I'd trust Mike Wallace. Yeah, but he got his revenge last time. I'd. Oh. S- he wants more revenge. He <laughs> <laughs> needs more revenge in his but life. But yeah, so Pittsburgh feel a lot better about it. Um, Baltimore, too many question marks. Yeah, it's it's those AFC North games though, man. I don't know. They always end up seem, seeming a lot closer than. Uh, than you would anticipate. We'll see. Denver at KC. Harmon, what do you got? Yeah, so this game's interesting for Kansas City. I mean, I think you, you kind of know what the deal is. Travis Kelsey had a great game against Denver, and tight ends that, like, move tight ends that line up in the slot or out wide have pretty much given Denver trouble all year. So I think Kelsey's a top two tight end this week. Okay. Uh, which, you know, the franchise made the case in, in our Hipsters article that Tyreek Hill is an overrated play this week. I kind of agree with him. I have a hard time imagining Denver's going to let that guy beat them twice this year. Right. Uh, he only touched the ball one time last week. He did, Granted, he did take it 68 yards and a touchdown. But of these small, like, high-ceiling, low-floor guys like Lockett, Gabriel, and Hill, I would – rank them in that order, Hill being the third preference there, the guy I have the least amount of confidence in. Uh, so I don't know if I'm desperate to play him. And then, you know, Spencer Ware, I think you, you play him even though the run game's been bad in Denver unless you have better options. Uh, so that's kind of the, that's it for Casey, okay. basically. And then for Denver, you know, we saw Emmanuel Sanders be one of those receivers that ripped up the uh, Chiefs at the left wide receiver position. They moved him right there to, to attack Philip Gaines last week, who gave up over 200 yards in, in coverage. The problem is Gaines is hurt, and they have some guy named Terrence Mitchell playing at left or right cornerback right now. And he's played well. He's only allowed uh, seven catches for 53 yards on 18 targets in replace of Gaines, but... 
you know, he's still somebody named Terrence Mitchell. I think you're starting the Denver receivers, uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and that's basically all you want to do. I just do feel like there are going to be a lot of fantasy points to be had in this one. Really? I just have this weird feeling about okay. that. That, like, you know, it'll be a close game. It'll be back and forth. But there won't be any. There, there won't just be any players that have huge. Isn't, isn't that what we saw in the second half of their first meeting? Yeah. <laughs> see, and I think I think that you know, typically, you know, statistically, people have done work on this. Like those second divisional games are typically lower scoring, anyways. And I think this will be a perfect example of that that there was more offensive firepower in that first one than I think people expected and I think yeah the first half was gross as hell and then the second half just Trevor Simeon went berserk right that's crazy uh let's go to Monday night Detroit at Dallas oh man there are so many fantasy assets in this game and I don't know what the hell is going to happen MG can you clarify no um (laughs) but I'll try because Dallas is clinched up I count like Three fantasy assets, and I mean, they're all wearing a star on their helmet. Pretty it's much, like, oh, Golden Tate is a guy. I mean, like okay, I don't, sorry. I don't, sorry. I don't, I don't trust Matt Stafford. Golden Tate should be okay. Um, somebody asked me, like, you know, should they start Anquan Bolden or Marvin Jones? And I'm like, well, if you're picking between those two, it's Bolden all the way. Like, I, I have way more faith in Anquan Bolden than I do in Marvin Jones at this point. Stay away completely from any of the Lions running backs. Theo Riddick hurt. Um, if he he's is, not, he's ineffective. Nobody really knows what like he's <laughs> he's been missing the games, uh, but then he like he's practiced and then he missed the game last week. I know, right. so, we, so don't really, we don't really know. It doesn't matter. And Detroit's not very open about it. I don't. I don't want any part of Theoretic this week. I don't want to part, any part of any Lions running back this week. Okay. Um, let's go to the other side. Dallas. There's the thing. Don't worry about the Cowboys sitting guys. At least not this week. Really? Well, think about it. So. They're playing week 16. Yeah. They have a game week 17. Yeah. They have a bye in the first round of the playoffs. It's true. They're not going to start sitting guys right now. I mean, yeah. you just you, it's it's just I can't imagine they're going to want these guys getting that much rest heading especially with young players with guys like Zeke and Dak. You're going to want them to stay out there to stay in a rhythm, to stay comfortable. And yeah, I, I just can't see them sitting guys or limiting their touches this week. Maybe next week we can talk about that a little bit, okay. um, but I just don't think it's going to happen this week. So, that makes me feel a hell of a lot better. So, but. you know, roll with Zeke. I think you're fine there. Um, I mean, I think Dez, it's hard. To, it's just hard to sit Dez because of who he is. I actually would stay away from Dak. I don't know that I that I would want to trust Dak really? in this situation. Um, I mean, first off, he hasn't been particularly great for the last three to four weeks. Um, and Detroit... These teams are, are 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 a lot like each other in the sense that they both want to play keep away from the opposing offenses. Okay, it's slow. This this game might actually be finished in like two hours because they're just gonna <laughs> you know between Dallas running the football and Detroit throwing these like short high percentage passes, the clock could just keep running and and they could be in and out of here in like you know a couple hours and, and back hilarious. on the plane. Um, so you know, like I said, I think the guys that you would normally start for Dallas, I think you're starting anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's nothing about it that again that screams out to me like this is going to be a high scoring affair. All right, daily daps and get out. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hoops. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dapping up daps and daps All right, daily dap time. How about I start us off this time? I I wanted to daily dap the Danger Zone League. I'm uh, in the finals there. I just I went berserk in this league. I don't even know how I went about doing it. I finished with a I did not even a humble brag, just straight brag. Uh, (laughs) Twelve and one in this league, and I've rumbled through the playoffs as well. I'm in the finals. I'm taking a uh, taking on a a guy who went ten and three, Carlvin, and he is the guy whose son wrote me a letter. 
Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I remember so, that guy. So go oh, the one who said Galhar's was a buzzkill? No, that's no. that's another guy. That's oh, another sorry. Guy. That's a, that's I get them all mixed up. There's so many. <laughs> uh, he His son wrote another letter. Oh. Going into the finals. Oh, I'm here for this. Uh, yes. Uh, dear Mr. Cole, my dad told me he's playing you in the championship of the Danger Zone League. I want to thank you for adding him to your league. It earned me a new Xbox game. <laughs> <laughs> now, if my dad wins, jackpot, a new art set, and a sketch pad are in my hands. I am a nice kid, and I care about others. Okay, you can't throw this for the kid, though. You can't. You can't do that. Oh, I'm not doing that. Okay. Oh, I, you gotta I, teach that kid a cold hard lesson. <laughs> about you know what's so funny? <laughs> I got this letter. The first thing I did was check my roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let me make sure I got the right guys. I actually made pickups this yeah, week. Is anybody else on the waiver wire? I I didn't make. I've made like three pickups the entire year. Okay. And and two of them were this week. Oh boy, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, he goes on Jeez. to say, uh, "I am a nice kid and I care about others, but I hope my dad destroys you in wow. your league." Merry Christmas, smiley face. Your BFF, Tyler, in a giant football picture on the note as Did well. he finish it with keep the change of filthy animal? Like <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man. Um I apparently I guess I guess his dad is promising him if if he wins, if he beats me, he's gonna get a new art set and a new sketch pad. Listen, kid, life is full. Of disappointment. <laughs> this is true. This is a good time for you to learn this. <laughs> it's early. It's uh, early. What better way to learn life lessons than through fantasy football? That's all. That's the, what I got to say. The cold, harsh reality of everything you know will let you down at some point. Uh, I'm just saying. I hope I absolutely destroy. I hope I absolutely destroy this guy. I'm kind of rooting for the other guy now. All right. I don't know. Anyways, daily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, man. Hey, listen, uh, Daily Daps, though, to that kid for writing me that letter, uh, that's pretty awesome. So there you go. All right, MG, what you got? Uh, one, first an anti-dap. Um, this won't be the first time, but an anti-dap to 2016 because it just, it just keeps on taking. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, I'm sure you guys may have seen coming across Twitter as we were doing this podcast. Uh, Carrie Fisher suffered a major heart attack on a flight on an airline. and She's uh, in critical condition. Critical condition in a what? hospital in yeah. Los Angeles. So, um, oh, I didn't know that. 2016 a, is just happened. It's it literally just it, it just came across Twitter as we were doing this yep. podcast. Um, but 2016 is taking until the end. So screw you. Um, but daps to and I'm late. I, I know I'm late on this train, but I finally started watching Black Mirror the other day. Yes, amazing. Black Mirror is really? so good. Outstanding. I've really? only I'm only a couple episodes into it, but even just the first one was yeah, just I'm on like season three. Oh my goodness! Because like the first season is just what two episodes? I think three. It's three. The first, first is three. The second is like four, and then right. the third one was Netflix only, and it's like six. Right. So I mean, it's not like you are making a major commitment to it, but um, it's an anthology series, uh, all about kind of it's in the near future where, uh, basically technology combined with the basest of human instincts collide into okay. some really weird yeah, it's, stories. It's just twisted permutations of where technology could lead us. Right. And and all there's always different characters, different realities, different stories, but it's awesome. Yeah. I like so I, I know I said I, I know I'm late on that train, but I just started watching it and my goodness, it's amazing. It almost sounds like a British version of Twilight Zone? Sort of. Somewhat, yeah. Somewhat. There are some Twilight Zone it. elements. Okay. Great. But, uh, it's yeah. great. Matt Harmon. Yeah, I'm going to just keep it simple here. Uh, daily daps to my dad, who is on his way here. Oh, cool. Uh, he will be spending Christmas out here in L.A. Nice. Hal Harmon in the house. Hal Harmon, my my father, my dad. Bro, should we get him on the pod? 
I mean, he he could come on the pod on Monday. That's not bad. I don't know if he'll want to. Yeah, he probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come on my on my dumb podcast that nobody likes? Uh, Just kidding. I know people really like his podcast. Yeah. We really like you for liking it. But yeah, he'll be here. I mean, his flight will. He's already texted me. Said his flight's going to be like twenty minutes delayed, which is great. Yep. Typical. I'm sure. Holiday travel. I'm sure it'll be enjoy there. enjoy the airport. I was I there. Was I was there yesterday, and it was unfun. Sure, it's going to be a treat. You could uh, get some in and out on your way there. Oh, Dude, hell yeah, you no, could. no, you no. couldn't because that in and out next. So for those of you listening who've never been to Los Angeles, there yeah. is an in and out burger right there. literally right next to right. LAX, and it's yes. the place that either. Basically, if, Moss Eisley, and uh, if you've been out, if you've been <laughs> away from Moss LA and you're coming back, like you want to stop there first to get an In-N-Out burger, or if you are like you know visiting LA and you're heading back to the airport, like you, it is a Hell. train wreck of a place. Like because you have people ordering food, going in in the drive-through, or people who are just sitting out in front of there waiting for somebody to call them so they yeah. can go and pick them up. There's, so yeah, there's two reasons you don't want to stop at that In-N-Out. One. Uh, because of that reason that people use it as like a shuttle spot. Yeah. They, they <laughs> and two, because it's in and out and it's overrated. You could just you could just not cut his it. mic. What in the hell? Cut his cut, mic. Overrated. You're it's overrated, dude. It's just another fast food place. Cut his mic. What? I'm just saying it that is. literally makes no sense. No, it makes complete sense. You you're just you're you're not only no. going against the grain. You're going against. The popular opinion of millions of people. Okay, well that's fine. Millions of people are wrong. That's <laughs> like, like no, would I that mean, would it be the, that be the first time that millions of people have been wrong? I think I think Harmon and the reason oh I the reason God. I mentioned In and Out is because this it was I almost said a bad word. This was happening on Twitter this morning too, but I think people are misassociating with the fact that so many people love In and Out like. Uh, you guys, locals, and right. me, and adopted yeah. uh, Angelino because they do what they do the best. They they make like the best fast food hamburger. They make a fine yes. fast food hamburger. They make the best, and, and that's, it's that's super all, affordable. And it's super affordable. And that's all everybody says. I think people outside of it that hear about In and Out being all the rage, they come and they're like, "Oh, it's just a hamburger. This place sucks." <laughs> it guys, doesn't that's suck. Not, that's not it's, what anybody was saying. If you want to kill yourself and eat fast food, <laughs> if you then sure you can kill yourself oh and eat fast food at In and Bur- In and Out Burger, and it's uh, fine. But it's not like anything better than any other fast food place. It's, that's it's incorrect. So I think wrong. our, our <laughs> friend of, friend incorrect. of the podcast, Adam Harstead, who were, are you? Are my cut? Am I talking? No, I was just t- friend, you were yelling, so I was turning you down. Friend a bit. friend, friend oh of the God. podcast, what Adam Harstead, who writes for Football Guys, had a great tweet about this subject. What? What is he it? Said where's he I mean, from? Yeah, he's from Texas. Okay, go ahead. It's like so, if you, I mean, yeah, if you want to eat at Wendy's, but also oh. love if you love the taste of Wendy's but want to wait three hours to get it, oh, so, burgers for you. So I'm sure he loves that trash Whataburger. A Whataburger, well... I, that is just as good as... Whataburger is, what is just is as good. as good. It's the same oh, thing. No, because oh, one of them is, one of them is just, good and one of them is not. <laughs> you sheep are just lining up, <laughs> see, eating uh, at what, the pasture. One of those two is good. The other one is Whataburger. Listen, it's I'm just even, telling you, In-N-Out is and fine. And the, the funny thing is, I like Whataburger. I like Whataburger, but you can't even compare these two things. Dude, it is th- the same thing. Oh, it's God. fast food. It's, it all tastes the same. No. Oh it's basically it, like it's Wendy's and, and In-N-Out. It's the same thing. It's Brother, compar- when you go, to, when you go to a summer barbecue and you get a burger, do you think it's the same thing as a fast food restaurant? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, that, gotta, then that invalidates your whole argument. That if you exactly. think if you think a burger at a barbecue oh, wait, wait, is wait, the wait. same as a fast no, I was food confused. burger, I was confused by your question. No, stop. How, I was how confused. can you be confused? I was no, having... no, no, no. That is, no, I was confused. I, the, 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 these questions, right these questions, questions are leading. So no, of course, any. Well, that's what be, I'm saying. He just wants to be contrarian so <laughs> yeah, bad. This is this is BS. You're such a hipster. This is BS. This is BS. No, no, no. A good burger. I I love burgers. Burgers are great. 
I would take a real good burger over any fast food burger any day. That's the point. The point is that this is just any other fast food burger. If no, you lined no, up, it's not. if you lined up every fast food burger, I probably couldn't even tell you which one was in and out because they all taste the damn same. <laughs> just yeah, end that's it. that's incorrect. End okay. this freaking show. Oh my! I'm right. God. You're all wrong. Okay, Alex Gilhar. Okay, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> that spiraled farther out of control than I wanted, but I'm glad I was here for that insanity. It's your own um, fault. I know. I said I wanted it to happen. Uh, anyways, my daily app is going to go to uh, Christmas movies in general. Okay. I love Christmas movies, but it's also another part because like people need to stop putting arbitrary parameters on what is and isn't a Christmas movie. Okay. Like, I mean, people crap on Die Hard saying it's not a Christmas movie. I forget which side of this argument you lie on, Marcus. I think you it's, say it's not. It is not a Christmas. It is a movie that takes place around Christmas. It is. Okay. Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Why is it a Christmas movie? Because it celebrates the spirit of Christmas with a a young man who wants to be now. with his uh, family. Because, no, no, no. My point is like uh, John McClane goes back to L.A. for Christmas. No, no, no. Okay. Let me let me get to my point. The McAllisters leave Kevin home alone because they're traveling for what Christmas. Yes. Now people are like, oh, it's the spirit of Christmas. It's just a good old fashioned story about this kid surviving bandits. Well, Vice, somebody from Vice actually did a research thing. They interviewed an EMT in New York and had him watch all of the booby trap scenes from Home Alone and Home Alone 2 <laughs> and rate the severity of the actual damage they should have done to that person oh, they, or they, the fatality level. Dead. Most of them are, like, killing them. Yes. So, you know, Fabiano, yes. too, was on, on a rant the other day on Twitter, like, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie because Christmas isn't about anyway. murdering people and stuff. These guys should be dead. I, I love Die Hard. should have multiple homicide counts against it. I love Die Hard. Manslaughter, baby. Yeah. I love Die Hard. Manslaughter, yeah. I just don't think it's a- It's a Christmas movie. So anyways, just enjoy <laughs> these movies. If Christmas is central to the plot, enjoy them. White Christmas starts out on a World War II battlefield, and that's ha- one of the hallmarks of Christmas movies. So enjoy them. Enjoy them in the Christmas spirit. I've, I've said this a million times. This That's like saying Jaws is a nature flick. It I mean, is it is, right? Oh, it for is God's sake. It takes place in nature. So stupid. That's what I'm saying. It's not a nature flick. Can't there it's be, dumb. can't there be like, diff- they're all under the umbrella of Christmas movies. And then First of all, this play, this plays right into Harmon's Nothing Matters narrative. No, that's not true. I mean, everything is the same. Nothing Whoa, matters. Oh, that is, you that's are, not Harmon. You are completely <laughs> misrepresenting <laughs> who I am, and you will be hearing from my attorney. <laughs> Oh, for slandering me! All right, but anyways, but but oh the, no, because we the, should probably just uh, just to, just to clear it up. Yes, please. My take <laughs> is that we need to break down every bit of minutia possible in life, and this being number one. <laughs> but in, in the end, yeah, you're right. Everything does matter. I mean, everything, nothing matters. Okay, like, everything right. is meaningless. But at the same, everything time, is meaningless. Nothing matters. But we should we should make sure we categorize and emphasize. Forget about nihilist video. Arby's. We need a nihilist Harmon account. How about that's a, just called Matt Harmon. <laughs> called Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We already have that one. <laughs> all right. We should probably uh, get out of here. Yeah. yeah all right. Let's Merry, happy holidays. Happy holidays. holidays. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh, Merry Christmas. I can't believe this pod went this long. We talked about nothing. Bro, we crossed 80 minutes. That's oh, amazing. Oh, God. For Alex Gelhar, MG Mike, Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon, I'm James Kell. We're out. See you later. I'm going to do the podcast in my NPR voice. NPR fantasy. Just so I get used to it. Thank you.
Oh, James Coe, thank you for... Uh, Please do not. Please do not. I'm doing it this whole episode. You can't do stop me. Do not. <laughs> we can turn your mic off. Well, f- it. If you're going to turn my mic off, I'll just go home. <laughs> but, <laughs> These are the options. These are the options. I mean, either, yeah, if you're going to turn my mic off, I'll just leave. We either get NPR Harmon or he leaves. Yes, those are the options. Those wow. are the options. All right. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring... Your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 